Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live. It is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. Hi, I'm Crystal Chappelle from Guiding Light, and you are watching the brilliant Buzzworthy Radio. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special new edition of Buzzworthy Radio. We are your hosts, Matthew Preston and Navelle J. Lee, coming at you live this Wednesday night, April 8th, my grandmom's birthday, 2009. It's 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, which means it's 7.30 p.m. Pacific Coast Time here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. If you want to join in on the phone conversation for tonight, the number to dial in is 646 595 Four two two eight. We have the chat room up and running right now. Guests are piling up in there, so we encourage you to get in the chat room as well. Or you can send us emails at navlee at buzzworthyradio.net. Tonight's agenda is basically going to be discussing what is going on in the world of soaps. Basically, primarily, the guiding light. Um, news broke out this past Wednesday, not this past Wednesday, last Wednesday, April Fool's Day, this is going to be burned in my memory now, that Guiding Light will be finishing out its season on CBS this year on September 18th, 2009. And fans have been in just a rampage and trying to show their utmost support and trying to keep it on the air on CBS or another avenue, what have you, to just keep the show alive and not let the light go out, basically. And... We're going to be joined by one of those uh, fan campaigners tonight. Her name is Tracy Smelter. If I pronounce her name wrong, please correct me. She'll be joining us very, very shortly. But before we get into that, let's bring on my wonderful co-host, the brilliant, ever-so-talented Matthew Preston. What's going on? Hey, I am just so excited because, you know, I, I once I heard the news about Geo, I was so bummed, and this is a good way to, to vent with all the fans and I was, it was actually really funny. I was, as I was driving, I was, you know me, I like to think of like funny little quirky things to say. So I was thinking, even though the light may be turning off, you could, no, but that wasn't it. My thinking, even though love can save the world, you can possibly save your show by listening to Buzzworthy Radio. And, you know, maybe we can like send this to, to the big wigs at CBS and make them see. That's what I said about Days of Our Lives, too. Whenever Days of Our Lives was supposedly canceled, that's what we need to do is for, for guiding light. We need to show the fan support. So I am just so passionate and, and so happy that we are having the show tonight. It's so appropriate. Absolutely. Um, I believe this is our guest tonight. It, I believe this is Tracy. Area code, if I'm, if I'm mistaken, I'm mistaken. But <laughs> area code 212, you're on the line right now. How are you? Hello? Hi, how are you? Okay, this isn't Tracy. This is um, Connie Pasolacqua-Hayman. You are my friend, even though we've never met. <laughs> oh, is... yes, you are on my Facebook. How are you? Okay, What's yeah. Up, but... <laughs> well, I am Marlene de and everybody knows that. I just um, was answering I some... I do. We, we've met on, on in the zone before. Right, right. Well, anyway, right. I just finished a big column on Guiding Light today that took me a week to... to, to, to uh, Right, and I got, I'm overwhelmed with letters, and I saw you were doing a show on Guiding Light, so I figured I'd call in and um, just tell you a little bit about what I said. 
Absolutely, absolutely. We'll definitely keep you here. Um, I see Tracy is on the line, as I recognize it, as a uh, Philadelphia area code. But let's take this um, caller. Um, before we bring Tracy on, I will get you in a minute. Um, caller, you're on the line right now. Hello? Hi. Hi, um, this is Gregorzik calling from Daytime Royalty. Hey, Gregorzik. Um, hey, what's up? Hey, um... I don't know. I mean, I'm having mixed feelings about Guiding Light continuing. It, you know, I go back to this show to the 60s when I had neighbors who worked for P&G and worked behind the scenes on this show, such as Ed Track. And this show was at its best in the 60s from 65 to 76. And I just feel like there's been too many errors made in the la- particularly the last, you know, 10 to 12 years ever since Paul Roche took over. Um, you know, San Cristobal, the mob storyline, you know, the clone, the whole bit. That I don't know, is this show worth saving at this point? And which network would even bother picking it up at this point? Wow. First of all, I well, really you, you, you have... You a very good question. I, I'm going to interject here for just a second. I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, let me bring her, um, Tracy on here. Uh, one of the perfect people to probably answer or feel the question directly to. Um, Tracy, are you on the line? Hello? Yes. Hi, this is Tracy. Hey, Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? We're doing doing very well. Thanks for for coming out here tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Now, you are one of the um, big advocates here for um, keeping uh, keeping the light shining. Uh, I'm sure I'm saying the title wrong, but <laughs> it's Keep the Light Shining campaign that, that you have been uh, doing along with uh, Dana, um, who is in our chat room right now, um, who can't call it, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> but uh, you want to describe how that got started um, for, all of, for all of us listening? Sure. Um, actually... We began that campaign several months ago, um, you know, when all those rumors were swirling. And actually, it was an idea that came from some people who decided to start sending Doracell batteries to the studio to show our support for the show. Um, But what started happening was people started thinking, gee, um, can we mail batteries you know, to the studio, and if we do, what are they going to do with all of these batteries that they get from us? So someone decided to get creative, and they created a postcard, and they used the door cell battery and incorporated the Guiding Light logo. And the next thing you knew, different people were taking other Procter & Gamble products and putting together postcards with the slogans for those products, and Dana and I had been in contact through another uh, board, and we decided to use Facebook as a way to kind of bring fans together, get those postcards out into their hands, and allow them to mail them into the studio to show our support for the show. So That's it actually, really cool. Yeah, so it actually started um, several months before the announcement last week. Okay. All right. The, I mean, I just saw so much support just swirling in, and, and it's just got so much attention. And 
you know, I really never talked about, I mean, I talked about it maybe like here and there, like a breath or, or, you know, when I first heard the news break out that it was being canceled on CBS and was going to renew its contract. And I never really said anything about it. And this is like my first time really discussing Guiding Light as a whole. I mean, this show has been on for 72 years. I mean, this has been a part of my existence since I was five you know, I started watching it since 1990. You know, you coming home from school at 3 o'clock, that's the show you watch because that, that's, the, that's the only show that you'll get to see during the day is Guiding Light, unless you're one of those GH freaks. But, you know, we're not talking about GH at the moment. But um, Well, exactly. I mean, I, I, I was nine years old, and I remember coming home from school, getting off the bus, and it airs in the pit. It, at that time, it was still airing at 3 o'clock in the Pittsburgh market, which is where I'm at. Exactly. And You're from Pittsburgh. I'm in the Pittsburgh area, yeah. So am I. <laughs> um, I, uh, started, oh, sorry. I started watching the show in 1980 when I was uh, editor of Afternoon TV, and um, that's really a long time, and that's what I wrote about in my column that's up now at MarlenaDelacroix.com. But I think that, you know, so many things that, happened to the show or universal that happened to all the other shows and guiding light just happens to be the first really big one to be canceled you know since in the last couple of years and god knows what's going to happen after this yeah well that's 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 the main question that's like being posed right now and you know greg i'm sure you can vouch for this as much as anybody else and the thing is is like with this news breaking, you know, what does that mean for the rest of the daytime soaps? Because the first thing I think of when I think of daytime soap operas is Guiding Light because it's been around the longest. It started on radio, went on to TV um, as a 15-minute show, graduated to 30 minutes, graduated to an hour. You know, it pretty much was like the huge um, daytime soap opera staple because it's, it, you know, it. I pretty much say it just like started off for everything else and, you know, now that this is going off, going off of CBS with uh, no idea if it's going to end up anywhere else, you know, what do you think about the rest of the soaps? You know, what I mean, because it, it just uh, seems like the, like, soaps, like the rest of the soaps better be careful because I look at it this way. Um, you know, NBC canceled Passions. Now CBS has canceled um, Guiding Light. ABC's going to have to make some decisions here within a year about one of their shows. I think, you know, personally, I mean, if they canceled All My Children tomorrow, I wouldn't miss it. Um, and I just, you know, to me, Guiding Light has had so many missed opportunities. I mean, you know, storyline-wise. I mean, you know, Alan Michael was married four times, but yet his mother, Hope, was never at any of his weddings. They haven't done anything with the character of Frank since Elaney left the show. That was of right. significance. Um, I'm sorry. I always considered, you know, Rick and Mindy more interesting as a couple than Philip and Beth. And, you know, we've seen more of Philip and Beth than we have of Rick and Mindy. I just think, you know, uh, there's been, you know, too much Reva. Um, I mean, and it's not that Josh and Reva didn't have their day. They did, but they're overexposed now. They should have cut their losses with Bradley Cole when they got rid of him as Prince Richard. 
I don't understand why they ever brought the man back. Um, He's handsome. <laughs> you know, that may be it, but it, it it hasn't proven he's not handsome enough to keep the ratings up in the long run. I agree. Nivelle, I'm sorry, I just called in briefly to say hello and to tell you about the column. And, you know, if you want to talk with me any other time, you know, get in touch with me, okay? Absolutely. Thank okay, so thanks much. a lot. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, something Bye. I want to pose, pose to you guys out there is that uh, a rumor that I, I heard was Telenex possibly could go online with the show. If that is true, it, it, it sort of already feels like the format that they have now is sort of like an online format with the way that it's filmed. Do you think it, it could survive that way if it goes from radio to, to TV to the Internet? I think I think that's, you know, I, I, I've talked about that with some different people here over the course of the last week, and I said, you know, I'm sure that the growing pains that we went through with the new production model over the past year were in some ways very similar to that audience that had listened to the show on radio. And those people would have put their own faces on those characters. So they would have had in their minds what each of those characters looked like and you know all of those different things. And then it moved to TV where suddenly now somebody else was putting that face on those characters for them. And it made that transition successfully. And I think, you know, the initial shock of the change in the production is similar because it was so different. And I, I have to agree that when you watch online, there are times where when you're watching online, it actually looks much better than it does sometimes coming across on television. I agree with that, too. I mean, it, that that's very iffy. You know what I mean? It, it just seems like very iffy that it, you know, I, I have this itch where it could survive on the Internet, but then I have this itch where it cannot survive on the Internet. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like, I guess, how people would take to it. You know, not a lot of people have computers or have the Internet, so if it were to move to an internet market, not many people would then still be able to see it. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it's it's like a toss-up for that one for me, but that's well, how I feel about it. Well, especially since because it's been on the airwaves for 72 years, you still have a lot of fans who have been watching it for 70 years. Um, when I was in New York this past year for the gathering, um, we met a woman who has been listening and or watching since the show's beginning. And, wow. um, you know, since, since starting this campaign and, you know, looking at the online petition, looking at some of the things that have been coming in to me, um, that's something that it is certainly brought up when you have granddaughters and daughters of some of these people saying, I started watching this with my grandmother. My grandmother is now, you know, 82 years old. She doesn't have a computer. She doesn't see that well. We don't want to lose the show, and we don't want it taken off of the television medium because 
then she's not going to be able to watch. So I certainly understand that as well. And in looking at all these letters that are coming in, um, it, it, it's broader than that demographic that CBS and the other stations are so focused on. You have all age groups. You have all walks of life. Um, you have men. You have women. And that is, that is so true. And if you want to, if you are one of those fans that Tracy mentioned, you have to call in and get in on all this fun and on this discussion. The number here is six four six five nine five four two two eight. Or you can join the chat room. We're actually, I, I'm in, I'm looking in the chat room because I guess the Blog Talk Radio we can't have two people finding the same name. I somebody actually said who was it? I believe it was somebody asked um, what is your your most precious treasured guiding light moment? I think it's a really good question to ask for everyone out there. Oh wow! wow. Oh, oh wow. Like, yeah, that's what I said in the room too. I was like, God, you got to pick one. <laughs> I, uh, let's see. I'll. Let's see, there was Peggy's murder trial in 69, the scene where she is visiting visiting her newborn son in jail, and the guards take the baby away from her, and she's freaking out. Um, when Tracy Gelmore's real identity was revealed, and she was not Sarah's niece, but actually a con woman named Charlotte Waring. Leslie giving birth to Rick in 1970. Um Let's see, Leslie's death scene in 76. Um, of course, Holly and Roger's debut in 70 with Lynn Deerfield then playing Holly. Um, I would say uh, Rick and Mindy in Central Park in the early 80s. Um, the Hall of Mirrors was my favorite. I like the Hall of Mirrors. Oh, the um, Hall of Mirrors was good. That was one of Zazzler's great moments. Yeah, love the Hall would, of Mirrors. Right, I would say Bev McKenzie, you know, rocking Roger's world as Alex at the country club in the early 90s. I mean, um, I, you know, uh, I started watching uh, when Hope and Alan were on the island. And, you know, that I, I joke because I think, you know, Alan was probably my first crush. And so that sticks out in my mind vividly because that's when I started watching and that's what got me hooked on Guiding Light. Um, but it's so hard for me to narrow down some of those other moments. Um, you know, in, in, in recent years, there have been so many things that, that I have liked. And my connection to the show has become, you know, a personal one over the past several years. So for me, it's it's really hard to 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 break it down into individual segments because there are so many different things that I've enjoyed. Well, I'm actually probably the person who has been watching it. The I haven't had as much history as as the listeners and as much as you guys out there. I started watching in 2002, whenever they were doing the Joan Collins stunt. It pulled me in. I'll definitely tell you that. But uh, one of the, the storylines which I thought was the greatest, which I love to to stir the pot, and I'm definitely going to stir the pot with this. I know that I'm going to get, like, booze and don't throw stuff at me, and the hate mail goes to Annie and Burl, but I have to say the exit of Eden had me on, like, the edge of my seat about her. You know, she can't be uh, Bill, but she does, and I was just, it was an amazing story plot, and I was glued the whole week. It was sad to see her go. 
All hate mail goes to rockdog at anyabrilpop.com. Exactly. Oh my God, you got tuned in late, man. Oh my God, you like that stuff. Well, I, I, I'll give you credit, though. At least you didn't say the Marianne Corella story, because if you did, then I really would disown oh, you. Well, I mean, at least they were trying something, but, you know, I, I'm like a positive person, but that was definitely one of my, my favorite uh, Geisman story, story plots. I was, I was literally screaming at the, at the TV, like, which I never do, so... <laughs> well, we got lots of callers um, rounding yeah. up in the alley here, and uh, let's take this one from area code three one five. You're on the line right now. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Who are we talking to? Chris from Syracuse. Very, very, very low there. Um, you said your name is Chris. From Syracuse. From Syracuse. All right. Um, what exactly is your uh, favorite uh, guiding light moment, if you can pick and choose one? When Carly Laura Wright started as Kathy. Oh. Yeah. I like that. I have to admit, I, I have to admit, I was tuned in when Laura Wright came on the show. I, I mean, I watch guiding light profusely every day, but you know, I grew up with Laura Wright on Loving, and when she came on to Guiding light at Cassie Lane. That that was a that was a smart move. So yeah, I like that choice. Uh, how did you how did you take it when you heard that Guiding Light was was canceled off of CBS? Like, what was your reaction? I cried for a few days. <laughs> I almost did too. I have to admit, I'm with you on that one. It was same. Sad. Same here. You know, you brought up like a good point that I, I really want to stress about that too because there was actually a message that I had read in um, at, at the post at the daytime royalty actually in regards to this um, when the news broke out that Guiding Light was indeed canceled you know everybody was saying it's like you're losing like a family friend or you're like losing something that's very close to you you, you, you really do because you, depending on how long you've watched it you know, it, it hits close to home. And even though they do say that every everything that has a beginning must have an end, you know, you really don't want this to end. You know, this is this is just like an end of an era, this kind of thing that's happening with us. And, and it does hurt and everything. And, and it just struck me funny that um, someone has said that, you know, that this is like something that you shouldn't be feeling. But I'm like, well, it is. You know, you, you, grew, you grow attached to these people. Like you, you grow attached to watching them day in and day out, and that's just something that's precious to you that you don't want to that you don't want to get rid of. So, I mean, right. that's how I that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, same here. I mean, it, it's it's different than any other type of television program where you know you you expect the primetime show to have a successful run of five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and then go off the air. But with soap, you're dealing with decades literally i mean i've been watching for 30 years and so you you grow attached and you you also get to know those characters in a very different way than you do any other genre because you get yes. to see you get to see the sides of the character that the other characters don't necessarily get to see you know i, I i've been a fan of alan spaulding from the very beginning and you know i get asked all the time well you know why do you like that character and there's always been that vulnerable side to Alan that the audience gets to see 
that the other characters don't necessarily get to see. And, you know, when the news came out, you know, I just kind of sat there for a while and didn't say anything. And then finally one of the kids that was there with me, you know, was like, you know, what's wrong? And I just remember saying they just canceled. And they looked at me and they said, what do you mean? I said, they just canceled the show. And that's all I had to say. They knew exactly what I meant. And then those tears started coming because it it was like, you know, it was a blow to the stomach. It was like losing an old friend. I think that um, something else which was really interesting was the day it came out, April 1st, which is April Fool's, I think a lot of people's first reaction, at least my first reaction was, actually, I called Neville and I was like, is this true? I mean, is is this a joke? I mean, you know, a lot of fans will say, oh, this is canceled, and ha-ha, we're just joking, and but once you heard that it was true, it was just—it's just—it's it's really sad. And yes, Novella, I do agree with you. It's like you're—you're you're losing a friend. It—it it sucks. It really does. So, CBS, you know, anybody who the powers to be up there, you are making—I, in my opinion, I think you're making a huge mistake because you have a legacy on your hands, and you're going to let that go. This kid, this has so much potential to go on. If it's—I—I I, I don't want to. I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole writing aspect. I'm sure a lot of you fans can. I mean, maybe I can play a little bit devil's advocate and maybe say, what would you fix if you could fix it? But I'm, I'm just, I don't know. It, it seems like there there wasn't any attempt to try to fix the show. It's just like, okay, it's done. Pull the plug. Well, it's ironic that, you know, last week, if you, if you read any of the soap magazines, who kind of were ignoring Guiding Light for quite a while, all of a sudden they started talking about the different stories and how much better the stories had been getting. And I think that's the other thing that made it hurt so much is that since January, the fans on the boards that that have been in discussions have been talking about how much better those stories have been than they had been for, say, the past couple of years or so, um, depending on how you look at it. And so it was like, gee, you know, here we are, we're on an upswing here, and you're going to pull the plug on us. Well, that's what brought, like, a lot of people out commenting about it, saying that, do you think it's too little too late now? Because everybody started hearing that Philip Spaulding was going to come back, Grant Alexander was coming back, Krista Tesro came back to reprise her role as Mindy. You know, it just seemed like everything was culminating into this one huge thing, and everybody thought of the exact same thing. Remember what happened with Another World in its final year um, that it was on NBC, what they were doing. And it, Another World was, like, fantastic in its final year. And they felt the same was happening with The Guiding Life. Uh, they all get now. fantastic in their final year because the yeah. networks don't care and they're left to their own devices. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And that's immediately what I felt, too. Honestly, I felt in my gut that it was going to, the, the words were going to come out saying it is canceled. I really did. But you still have this itch where you don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, um, before we continue on, let's take this next caller here from area code 203. You're on the line right now. How are you? 203. Hello? Area code 203. 
Oh, well, two zero three. Hopefully, you can call back in. Of course, it happens. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's take this uh, next caller here. I believe this is uh, Candice. You're on the line right now. Hey, you guys. Hey, long time to see. How have you been? <laughs> um, I've been okay. I've been okay. I'm for the last week. I've been trying to be okay. So. This is well, obviously, it's been tough. I mean. <laughs> Well, obviously, from your standpoint, it, it, it's going to be from uh, what's been uh, happening and how how I you mean, know the cutting like stars and everything. So it, it's like I mean, the, the thing is, is it, you know, you you hear the stories, you know, about how the show has affected everybody, and you know, of course, with me, my great grandmother who passed away in two thousand, she used to listen to it on the radio. The year my mom was born was when it came over to television. And I am the only one in the family who has met the cast and, you know, has been on the set. And, of course, you know, like everybody has said, you know, when the when the day that it came out, everybody was like, oh, it's an April Fool's Day joke. But then when it was on my local news and then it was on the newspapers, it was like, what? Like, like say that again? You know, and then that's when I started crying. I actually... I will admit I actually went on my knees and cried. <laughs> like it wasn't even. It just. It. I mean. It, even now I saw the Soap Opera Digest cover. I don't know. You know. And I like how. It actually makes me upset because. Even the magazines aren't really giving down like full credit because up top of next week or this week, uh, Soap Opera Digest. It has up top gown like canceled. That's it. Yeah, that should definitely be front page. I agree with you there. You know, I mean, I'm glad it's on the front page, but seriously, a little bit bigger. I can tell you. I can for sure tell you the next episode of SO Insider, it's like nothing but GL coverage. Check that out. I mean. We're definitely, definitely, that's, it's front page. I agree with you. You can't, it's front page news. How can you ignore it? Seriously. I mean, U.S., I got to give credit to U.S. today, because at least they had a freaking picture, and they had a whole, like, whole page on it. Uh, I feel the same. Yeah, it's it's sad that that a magazine that is dedicated to the genre doesn't understand the the gravity of the situation in terms of the fans and the genre. Every other news outlet has carried the story um, in even some way. Fox News, Fox News, which really don't even care really much about daytime. I gotta give Fox News some credit because they were just—they had a whole piece on Gown Light, the history of Gown Light, and they had asked the question because it was only like a couple of days ago. They was like, "How will this affect the rest of the daytime industry?" Let's put it to you this way: I already said it. The 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 next the three soaps that will last, and if I'm right on this, <laughs> is gonna be Young and the Restless. General Hospital and all my children, and I said that what a, because what about Bone the Beautiful? I mean, the I number think, two. And the, I mean, the thing is, they're running out of story ideas. Well, they're all running out of story. They're all I running mean, out of storyline ideas. Like Bone the Beautiful has evolved around two families for over twenty for twenty two years, and you know they try to branch out and bring other families in. They try to branch out and bring other characters in. And it always comes back to the same old, same old. And it's kind and of the same for, for Guiding Light. Whenever we've seen 
And uh, yeah, so I mean, Alan you... Michael was like with every Cooper woman. He was with Harley. He was with Lucy. He was with Marina. You know, even Elena well, was a Cooper a woman. Flight. I mean, you have to have a male <laughs> flight for one show. You do. Okay? <laughs> you do. I mean, look at Coop, okay? Coop was really becoming a male whore. It's <laughs> You know, I I just say, you know, now that I'm thinking about, you know, the question was, you know, can you name some of your favorite downlight moments? And I'm just like, wow, there's so many to pick from, you know, uh, Roger Crash and Blake's wedding to Philip. Oh, thing. yeah. Uh, that was good. I like that. The the blackout with Bridget with the um, hair dryer. Yeah. Anything Jonathan and Tammy. I've got to go there. Um, yes. Do. High, you five. Know, High five. High <laughs> five on that one. There you go. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, the nursery rhyme stalker. Oh, God. Um, uh, let's see, Dylan and Dylan's wedding disaster. Dylan's wedding, yeah. And the most recent one, and, and everybody knows I'm John Driscoll's number one fan, I guess, but was Buzz and Coop. The final the final episode John Driscoll did with Justin Deeds. That, that broke, that, that was a good one. I... That's right up there with Tammy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But here's something that I want to ask, uh, actually, all the panel that we have on, and also the people in the chat room. Of course, we have petitions going on, and of course, we have um, a lot of people fighting for the show, but what else can be done? Do you, where do you, who do you write to? Where do you send the letters to? What do you, uh, Tracy, this is probably a, a good question directed towards you. What else can be done to try to save that light? You know, I, right now, in, in the people that I've talked to, you know, in, with the show, I mean, you know, Ron keeps telling me, you know, get those letters out, spread the word. Uh, I'm hearing that Procter & Gamble Productions, Telenext, that they are so overwhelmed right now with the fans who are calling and writing the studio every day that... That's a motivating factor in their wanting to find some place for Guiding Light to go on and continue. Um, if you go to um, the blog that I have up, it's um, saveourlight.blogspot.com. Um, yesterday, um, we just posted that Beth Chamberlain is collecting emails and, and letters, and she's going to hand deliver those to Ellen Wheeler and Procter and & Gamble. And there are a number of other actors that are um, looking to do this. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the petitions are there, the phone calls are there. And, and what we're hearing is at this point, you know, CBS has made their decision. And it's pretty evident that we're not happy, happy about that decision. But Procter & Gamble didn't do this to Guiding Light. CBS made the decision, Procter & Gamble Productions, Telenex, the cast, the crew. You know, while the rumors were out there, they really didn't think that it was going to happen, and they especially didn't think that it was going to happen on April 1st. And, and so, you know, what I'm hearing is keep supporting Guiding Light. Keep supporting PGP, Telenex, and, and – and don't get into that negative stuff because the negative stuff is not productive. Right now we have so much positive energy. 
and that positive energy is being noticed by the people in that studio. And that's what I keep impressing upon our Keep the Light Shining group and some of the other people who have contacted me. You know, it's not Procter & Gamble. So when we hear these people saying, oh, let's ban Procter & Gamble products, it's not Procter & Gamble. You know, it, 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 was, it was CBS who made the decision. And I think that's so important. I mean, CBS, they've made their decision. Is it the wrong decision? I think so. I think a lot of people think so. Well, here's, you know, I, I, think I, I think this was your post, actually, when you said that you, there was, there's a CBS fan page on Facebook, if, if not many are aware of it. And I, I saw Tracy's post on it where she said CBS lost a fan. I wouldn't go that far. I would go that far. But the thing is that there are other shows on there that I sh need to show support of, namely As the World Turns, because As the World Turns is right there with Guiding Light. You know, it's not doing so hot either. And, you know, it, it's just like you just think in your head, you know, you're going to boycott Procter & Gamble, Pro, you know, if it were Procter & Gamble. You know, let's just say if it was Procter & Gamble. You were going to boycott their products. It's fine, but this is CVS is doing. CVS is the one that wanted to get rid of Gang Light. You're going to boycott CVS. What about the other shows? Since you're going to boycott CVS, does that mean that you can't watch Y&R, B&B, and As the World Turns? Mm -hmm. And, and, and I think the soaps are right now a dying industry at this point. With Guiding Light already not being on CBS, all the other shows are going to need support as well because they are not doing so hot either. You know, you're lucky if anybody can crack a 2.0 as of late. Right. And and the thing the thing is, somebody's always going to have to be last. You know, and, and Passions was last. So let's get rid of passions because they're last. Oh, Charles was last. They got rid of that. Yeah. And and that's just it. They're just they're going to continue cutting from the bottom up because no matter what, someone is going to be last. One of the soaps is going to be last until perhaps they're not there any longer. Plus, we even or they could do uh, like they did on radio and cut them all in one day. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, we've actually been hearing what what are they going to replace it with? I, I've heard game shows. Really, I heard reality Doctor, Yeah, Doctor Phil would go to two hours. That's what I've been hearing. I mean, first off, I have to say Doctor Phil. So Tracy, since you are from Pittsburgh, you know about this. Is that whenever they the guideline was broadcast, it was broadcast at three p.m. I think that somebody else was talking about this in the chat room, and yeah. then it got. It switched to 10 o'clock. I actually found this out to be true whenever I briefly was in New York. Came back home, and then three months later, it happened with Caddy Lane. I was just so upset. So is this sort of Dr. Phil's fault in a way? But interestingly enough, and I, and I learned this from, I believe it was the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, when KDKA made that decision, that's the, the CBS affiliate, to move... Guiding Light out of the three o'clock time spot, it was to give Dr. Phil's ratings a boost. But ironically, what happened was, at least in the Pittsburgh market, people followed Guiding Light, and Guiding Light really did not drop in the ratings in the Pittsburgh market. And when I was at the studios this past fall, 
you know, they said that Pittsburgh really is one of the stronger markets in viewership. Hmm. I never knew that. Sweet. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and, 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 you know, and I've heard multiple times that, you know, yeah, guiding light's still big in the Pittsburgh area. And I know just locally I run into people all the time. And now they know that I have that connection with the show in, in running site, in running, running best site. I mean, I started getting phone calls last week from people that I didn't even know that knew where to find me. Yeah, and it's actually, it's really funny because if you talk to anybody in Pittsburgh and ask them what soap operas do they watch, Guy yeah. Mike comes up so much. I remember we, uh, I was talking to some girl at the bank. Actually, I was actually kind of promoting myself, but then, you know, talking about, oh, what soaps do you watch? Because, you know, if I was plugging the show, whatever, our show, um, and she said, I watch Daddy Light. And I was like, oh, you know what? We have a bunch of Daddy Light stars on. It's it's that popular, yet it's that uh, laugh. And it's, it's dead. It's that dead. It's so weird. It's just so, I don't know. I, I don't get it. It's just it's Just crazy. like that in, in Baltimore, Maryland, because just like you guys, Dr. Phil replaced Daddy Light at the 3 o'clock slot to move it to 10 a.m., and I'm thinking to myself, okay, who really is going to watch it because you have people in school and at work? Mm-hmm. So, and I had found out that our um, local affiliate, WJZ, they said something about, just like you guys said, that um, they sold the time slot to boost mm-hmm. Dr. Phil's ratings up. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, really? And then they said the reason that they did it was because here on, on Channel 13, WJZ at 3, is Dr. Phil. 4 o'clock on another network is Oprah. So they figured people who watch Dr. Phil will turn over to Oprah. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> I did hear that when I was in uh, Florida. Um, when I was in Florida, they did say that to me, that people, and that's how they worked it. Um since, you know, basically Oprah was like the stepping stone for Dr. Phil to create that own show and everything. And, um, you know, they figured if people watch Dr. Phil, they're going to watch Oprah. I mean, I thought it was going to be vice versa. Since more people watch Oprah than Dr. Phil. But I mean, to be honest, I really don't care about Dr. Phil. I, I don't care about him either. You, you know, you I, know I think it was a dumb move on their part to even move it to 10 a.m. Because another thing as well is Guiding Light is not on in every market. That's another thing right. that they got bad going for that. It's not on in every market. You well, know, here and, in Cincinnati, and it made the a, soaps are on till the bitter end. They'll be what, in their they'll yeah. be in their time slot. You know that the network deems them to be. You know this is Soap City here in Cincinnati, the good old Cincy soap hood. I mean. I don't think there's. A, I think the once. I think the last time that a station prematurely canceled a soap was the Secret Storm back in the early '70s, and they never heard the end of it. Mm. I, I, in this, I in this, one for Ryan's Hope. Our our Baltimore station canceled Ryan's Hope in that time slot, which was 12:30, and put it on. If I remember this correctly, because I was only five, keep this in mind, to like 12:30 midnight. Now, can somebody explain who's going to watch the soap opera at that time? I know in this area, you know, like I said, I'm in the Pittsburgh market, but we also, if you have cable, can get Altoona. Altoona still broadcasts Guiding Light at 3 o'clock. So yes, that I, is true. What's that? So that is true, actually. Um, 
towards if you go towards up north of, of Pittsburgh towards the Erie area, they also have the 3 p.m. showing. Right. So I know people here who will turn on the the um, Altoona affiliate and watch it at three o'clock. I have uh, a dish, so I have you know I'm stuck. Ten o'clock is it for me? Um, but no matter what, because of the nature of my job, I've got to record. So I don't get to watch the live feeds, no matter what time it's broadcast. Actually, it is hard to get up, it's especially especially you're right, especially the Eva job. And uh, something else that I do want to pose as a question to everybody out there: Who are your favorite guiding light stars? Which one? Which ones will you miss if we do watch the video? Where will you follow stars or all time? All, all time. time, whatever you want. Maybe the one All right, before, before our now. panel answers, before our panel answers, let's get in a new person into the panel to answer this first. You know, let, let's do that. Very quick, 312. Hey, Ray. Hey, Namel. Hey, is this, is this our boy, Tony? I think so. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is, guys. How you doing? We're good. How are you? We're I'm doing good. You know. <laughs> That's good. Um, now, what was the question you wanted to ask me, girl? What? Hey, I, Matt was the one who asked it. So. <laughs> okay, who asked it? I guess Navelle and I must have the same voice. <laughs> anyway, well, Tony, what what I asked was, I guess I can ask you this, since you've, you've actually probably talked to a few of them, currently on the canvas, I kind of just add that in there, who, uh, maybe of all time as well, who has been your favorite Guiding Light cast members and will you follow them if they, if they go to another show? Hmm, that's a, that's a very good question. Um, well, um, well, um, <laughs> the, the first thing, well, the first person I can think of, well, you got to go to the top stars first, who are the most uh, highest stars or the most popular stars, like Pietro uh, Noni, first of all. Um, Yes. They could wind up going to another. They could wind up going back to one like that. Or then again, they might go to prime time because I think Gina has experience in prime time because she's had it stint on the Sopranos and I think she did Law and Order a few years ago. So I think she could go there. Uh, people like the John Driscolls. People like I mean, who's not there anymore? He's going to be more like going to prime time more likely. Um, uh, but you've got top rank actors who can still do shows like Chris Chappelle and other shows that can do so, continue to do shows. But the, uh, and Bobby Dennison and all those. Bobby Dennison can do the teen soaps, you know, like on uh, prime time, like Nero 210 or, uh, or, or Gossip Girl. Um, but for the people who've been long-time soaps, uh, long-time soaps like Kim Zimmer, they can wind up on another soap. But then again, they might go somewhere else, like... Um, like uh, they could end up going on broad, to Broadway. Some are Broadway trained, like like uh, Ron Raines and, and Robert Newman. They could end up doing plays or go write plays and be playwrights. So it, it, it's it's hard. It's hard to uh, to, to think how they were exactly going to go. And then there's and then there's the ones like the Manny Brunos uh, and the Robert Bogues and 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 the uh, and the Bobby Bartlett. Where are they going to go? They they might continue to act or they might continue doing something else. And the Bradley Coles, where are they going to go? But they got other talents. Mm-hmm. Anybody want to field in on that too? Wow, who would I? I'm still thinking of my. I'm still thinking of. Oh my gosh, Dawson, the whole. Okay, okay, I'm, okay. I know who I'm going to say. Okay, first and foremost, my quote unquote dad, Ron Reigns, because every event I go to, and Tracy should know this. I always call him my dad. 
It's just I don't know what I don't know how that started. Um, Kim Zimmer, Robert Newman, um oh God. Uh Laura Wright, Cynthia Watts, um, Michael Saslow, uh, Monty Sharp, uh John Driscoll, Tom Coffee, Stephanie Cassie, Marcy Riley, Michael Delphi yeah, the whole cast. There you go. <laughs> and Rock and Roxy the dog. There you go. I went there. Roxy the dog. Roxy, even. <laughs> Roxy the dog. And I went there to work with MRC Rightwood. Oh, my God. I, I, you can't, that's not an fair question. I, I can't believe y'all even... I can't believe that's you. The, that's very open-ended, I have to be honest, because I can't even pick and choose myself. But there is something I can ask, or, or actually that you, because um, this was actually I actually talked about this with uh, Brandon who hosts Brandon's Buzz if you haven't checked that out you have to check that out Brandon's Buzz here on Blob Talk Radio that's right slash Brandon's Buzz you can check out his website at brandonsbuzz.com uh, we were actually uh, talking about this yesterday in regards to and, and I want to rewind it back a little bit because Gregor Zick was actually the one that brought it up first uh, in the show and it was the it was basically you know where did it? Where did the show even make that wrong turn? Where did it go wrong? And you know, a lot of people are saying that it had to deal with Maureen Bauer's death. I mean, that has been like the epitome of the response that has can been I, said. Can I for comment on years. that further, if I may? Yeah, you can. Okay. Okay. Here it goes. Guiding Light has a history of killing off popular characters and ticking off its fans. I can give you an example from every decade from the 50s on up. In the okay. 50s, it was it was Kathy Roberts. 60s, okay. Robin Fletcher. Okay. You know, you could do it. The latest example would be Ben Reed. How many times was this show going to kill off characters or destroy characters and keep its audience happy? You know, Leslie in the 70s, Lou Jack in the 80s. I just felt that, you know, to me, when Maureen died, I just think there was a lot of loyal fans who had sat through all these previous deaths and said, I've had enough. Click, and then gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was one of those moments, too, that you just was like, did they just do this? And now they got two this decade. <laughs> and, yeah. and us too this decade with Tammy back at two years about three two or three years ago and, and most recently Coop. Yeah. Well then you also have to well with there was a lot of Gus fans who was ticked off about Gus dying. Oh yeah, that's that's right, Gus. That that's was right. like, you know, one of the big things because a lot of people was hoping that Holly was gonna get back together and then they pulled that stunt and right. a lot of people was like, Okay, we're done You know. But if you think about it, I think I'm now. I'm, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. But didn't the ratings go up a slight, like a slight number, when that happened? Oh, when Gus what Tammy's death? With Gus. Because I was gonna say with Tammy's death, it did spike. Uh, yeah, with Tammy's death, yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay. But when Gus died, um. I really don't. I really wouldn't know. Uh, probably, it probably it probably did, and then again, it might stay the same. It depends on how they wrote the death scene for Gus. It depends on how they wrote it. Well, I know with Tammy stuff. I mean, that was. I mean, we. I knew that Stephanie was leaving the show, and I just didn't know how she was gonna. I didn't read the spoilers. 
and that's, I, I didn't read the spoilers, but when she died, you know, my mouth dropped because it was like, again, what? A connection to Stephanie. I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is it? Like, I'm like, oh, God, that's it. Good night. I'm like, like, oh, my God, what? On top of the body of you, like, singing and singing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think I said that to Stephanie and Tom when I saw them at an event. I said, yeah, I felt like I wanted to get on top of Tammy's body and shake the lyrics of the bottle. Like, just laugh or slap like, get up, get up, get up. No, no, how did you get on me? Well, yeah, and also, Guideline has, with story with storylines like that, Guideline has actually equaled Daytime Emmy Awards. So many people, so many talented actors have made the drama so popular with Daytime Emmy Awards because, like, Tom Pelfrey, and it's just amazing performances. What what other show? Of of course, yeah, it'll it'll go on. But what other show can do that? You know, what other show can have such historical moments? Because I I remember talking with a girl in college who said, you know, Guiding Light has its moments, but when it's good, right? It's good. You know it's yeah, good, and you know I those moments. That. And that, well, they're on right. Anyone. But think right. of all the actors who didn't win Emmys back in the '60s. I'm talking the Vicky Wyndham. <laughs> You know, Zaslow should have won one back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Lynn Deerfield, Fran Myers, Don Stewart, all the actors who played Ed, you know, each brought their own unique take to the role. Right. You know, there's just, you know, you know, there's just so many people who haven't won Emmys on this show that should have. And I just feel like, to me, you know, being an old-timer who remembers this show from the 60s, um, I don't think, for me, the show has had any TLC or tender loving care from an executive producer that it got from Lucy Rittenberg back in the day. I mean, you know, you compare Ellen, what Ellen Wheeler has done the last few years with what Lucy Rittenberg did back in the 60s, there's no comparison. Right. Because the Iron Light was his own genre, uh, doing his own. It had his own um, personality or his own identity back in those days. Boy, you weren't watching uh, like it is now. Right. Oh no. Back in back in the '60s, Guiding Light was as good as anything on daytime or prime time. I mean, there. I mean, if you read Harding Lee May's book, Eight Years in Another World, he was talking about Vicky Wyndham and how they were thinking of casting. You know getting her to play Rachel on Another World, and what was it? The wife of his publisher said, well, you need to go back and watch her performances on Guiding Light because they're brilliant and they're just as good as anything else on television. The thing that really, the thing that really like bothers me, you know, that we're all talking about it in the chat room as well, is how Guiding Light doesn't get any, you know, I'm, I'm rewinding it back again, but... It's just something I really want to elaborate on is how Guiding Light does not get the promotion that it should get. I mean, you brought up the Cell Digest cover where all it has is just a, sen- uh, just a sentence saying Guiding Light canceled. I'm, I'm expecting to see a full-blown front-page cover of, like, past pictures of, like, Reva and Josh at Cross Creek when they first got married in 89. I gotta give them oh, some credit because at least they didn't abbreviate and put GL cancel. They actually wrote down like cancel without the exclamation mark. I just want to. No, that's. <laughs> you know, that's a small. That's like a small little thing right there. 
But, you know, I, I will say maybe that it was done late in the game, and, and it probably they'll probably have a better spread in the following well, see, SD the magazine. They, but, it should be a probably. It should be. It should be. No probably. It should be. I mean, this is the longest-running soap in history. It opened so many doors. It gave a lot of people that we know now, Tay Diggs, Sherry Springfield, all these actors from primetime, the movie right. Broadway, exactly. a great start. I, you know, I'm going to say this as a, as a fan, and my grandfather was, me and him talk all the time now because of this. People should respect and recognize John White for what it was, what it did. Yeah, it had this moment. Where I totally agree, Candace. Which yeah, was like, you know, yeah. oh, oh, poor John White. It's, it had bad writing. It had bad, you know, acting. It had bad directing. But John White, there was a reason that show had been on this long. It's been on for a very long time, before General Hospital, before Days of Life. Before All My Children. Before All My Children. Yeah. Before, you know, and it's like, you know, for my generation, it's kind of like, I don't think a lot of people understand a little bit, unless, like I said, it's been, like, a long time. The thing you've got to remember is that all the people who created, like, Young and the Restless and All My Children worked on Guiding Light. Bill Bell started, wrote under Erna Phillips on Guiding Light. Agnes Nixon's first head writing job was Guiding Light. Right. Um, You know, I mean, without Guiding Light, you basically don't have a soap scene. You know, Guiding Light is Erna Phillips' great creation. Oh, sure. Is, mm-hmm. You know, and without, and there is the only soap today that can't trace itself back to Guiding Light in one way or another is General Hospital. Right. And he, you know, I mean, all the rest of them, you know, got started by folks who worked under Erna on Guiding Light. You know, the Corday family right. started was on Guiding Light during the yep. radio days. You know, Days owes a certain amount to Guiding Light. Both the Agnes Nixon soap, both the Bell uh, soaps. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I was looking at. Yeah. I was looking at the chat board there, and 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 somebody was talking about, you know, the full page ads that came out. And, yeah. you know, upon Philip's return. And, again, that was Procter & Gamble. You know, they hired some people, and that was their specific job was to, to get those ads out there and start promoting. And I think, again, you know, the, the magazines stopped giving Guiding Light the attention. And, sadly, right now, and, and, and Candace, again, I didn't see this, these magazines for this week yet, but you know, last week I think every single one of them was singing like Guiding Light's praises one way or another about the storylines that are getting all that attention right now. It's just it's unreal. But then again, you know how many? So now, if you really think about it, over the last I'm going to say what ten years. Maybe less than that. How many times did you see Guy Light really take a spot on the front page of any soap magazine? Oh, right. And and again, and, and, and I'm I, not talking about and I'm not talking about a soap star fire or a soap star is coming back. I'm talking about storyline. You know, right? Yeah. I think the last time I really saw huh. one might have been whenever uh, there was a uh, Reva's clone in 1998. Ish. 
that was probably last time I saw something. I remember that cover, yes. Yes, <laughs> I do remember that. It burns in my head. I do remember that cover as well. I see it this way. I was shocked when doing the People's Choice Awards to actually see a promo, a, a promo for Gone Light. I had to do a double take. I'm like, did they just promo Gone Light? Like, really? They just promo? Okay, I thought it was, I thought it was going crazy. <laughs> Well, I, mean, it was actually, I really I, think. I, I really think. Remember so. the one episode. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, cool. What I was gonna say was, um, segue into something else was that uh, if you guys remember a couple of years ago, whenever Reva and Josh were tearing up divorce papers and saying they're on top of a of a, a lighthouse and they're saying, you know, oh, we're gonna give it another shot. We're gonna oh, bring yeah, it back. Yeah. It was sort of for me like I was watching that thinking. Wow, if they were to end the show, knock on wood, if they were to end the show right then and there, I would have been fine with that. Like, it, not, not because, it's just because the way it was. Like, that's how I really envisioned the last scene should be Reva and Josh on the lighthouse together. That's just, just because if you think of everything, if you take, you know, all the, all the Reva and Josh fans and all the, you know, um, right. because they are, you have to admit, they are the super couple of the show. They are the Nikki and Victor and, and of the show, and just that that was a really kind of like a good ending. But in a way, it also made that you know what we're still. I think that was sort of a way of saying, guys might still on the air. What are they going to do? What would be the last scene? In, in your case, what do you guys think? What do you want to see as the last scene? If, well, if I would. Not. I would actually. Um... I would go with that, but the thing though is like you know Josh and Reva get back together and. You would see them kiss, and what I would actually do is flash back to a Charita Bauer scene. Yeah. Burt Bauer. And then there would be some scene there, just like, just like a, few, a few flashback scenes with her from black and white into color, and then flash back into real time with Josh Reba kissing in, and then it would fade out. And it would probably have like a, a picture of Charita Bauer right at the end of the episode. That's how I would envision it. Some way, some way, in some way, shape, or form, Charita Bauer has to be seen in the last episode. Yeah, you, you have Rick telling um, Lee about his great-grandmother. Okay. I could go with that, too, yeah. I like that. That would be good. I got a real corny one, but it, it, it's going to kind of make sense. I want the lighthouse to be the very last shot and show the, the families. The, the current families that are on right now, and then I want at the end I want the reverend to say the the first lines that was said on the radio. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quote Erna, go for yeah. it. I want that to be like you know you know like something like a wedding or something like that, and then show the lighthouse and like or fate. Like just go through the families just to make sure you know that you see what happened, you know, like the aftermath or whatever and stuff like that, and then have the lighthouse, have the have or have the original um, radio show, you know, that the poem come on, and then slowly let the the lighthouse fade out, and that'll be it. And then at the end it says thank you to the fans and stuff like that. That's really cool. And actually, thank you to the fans. If you remember, uh, I was just on YouTube and I was watching uh, the, the love of, as I was paying attention to the show, obviously, but I was also sort of watching the, the, the love of life cancel, remember, their final episode, and how it faded to the uh, the, the set 
and a lot of 80s shows, whenever they went off the show, sort of, I, I think it happened possibly in the, in the 90s as well, with a few of the shows, it sort of went to the set, and then it, it went, it broke that fourth wall. Would you guys like to see that now? Even though there wouldn't, there really probably they did that with Search for Tomorrow, I think, with um, their cancellation, if I yeah. remember they, that. They did it with Passions, they did it with Passions, um, they did it with Ryan Tope, they did it with Santa Barbara. Did they do it with Another World, or no? Another World was different. Um, what they did in their last episode was like they recorded these um, video snippets, but they were as their characters, and yeah, they right, were for the wedding. Yeah. like saying like goodbye to the fans, but not like saying goodbye as their actual selves. They were like saying goodbye to like who was it that got married in that episode? I can't remember. I didn't even okay. watch that show. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I have to stay at home. I, you know, I, 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 you know, I understand why, you know, why we're talking about this now. And I'm, again, I'm looking at the chat there. You know, um, I'm still not ready to give up. And maybe that's denial. Maybe that's foolishness. But, you know, you know, coming in here tonight, we were talking about, you know, what we're doing in support of the show. And, you know, I, I still think that while, you know, it, it very well could be the end, I'd still like to believe that there's, there's still that, that out. You that still chance. have that hope that it that chance yeah. that it's gonna still be here. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no and doubt in my mind. It's, the thing we um, I've heard today, um, I'm sh- I don't know if many of them heard it yet, but apparently um, Daytime Confidential had broke a piece that's still a developing story that Lifetime may pick up Guiding Light, and if they do and as the world turns, may follow suit since PGP, Telenext, wants to do this as a package deal. Um, how would you guys feel if it ended up on Lifetime? I would um, be the happiest person in the world. Sorry. Well, the thing is, so if it ends up on Lifetime, are they going to keep it an hour show, or are they going to cut it back to a half hour apiece? I didn't see I, them doing an hour. You know, I think Lifetime, when you look at Lifetime, and you look at the types of programming that Lifetime carries, you know, a soap opera would be a good fit into their daytime lineup. Um, I was just reading today where, you know, they were running Golden Girls, and Golden Girls, they've now passed off the Hallmark, and I can't remember. What's that? Oh. Um, I can't remember what show they said is now running on Lifetime, but whatever it is, they're running it in like it must be a half hour show, and they're running it six episodes back to back, something like that. I'm not sure because again, I'm not home during the day to foot through. But Lifetime has always been geared toward that that female audience, which I know not everyone that watches soaps in today's world are females, but it's certainly the type of network that you could see bringing in the soap content, including as the world turns down the road, as they've mentioned in Daytime Confidential. Mm-hmm. Let's take this caller, see if um, they have any input they want to say. It's a California caller we're getting on the line here. All right, California caller, area code 323. You're on the line right now. How are you? Hey, what's going on? It's Gregory Martin. 
Hey, Gregory Martin, what's going on? Hey, Gregory Martin, what's going on? I just uh, <laughs> saw your Facebook oh. message. So. What's going on? Are, are you on the air? Are you, are you guys on the air right now? Or We it... are, and you know what we're discussing, actually, since you do sort of have a stake in this in this uh, entertainment business, what do you think about Guiding Light getting canceled? That is the big top of, of the night, GJM, what do you have to say? <laughs> well, I, I think uh, it's a very sad day in television you know it's um uh, you know guiding light is uh, it might be the only show that's still still around from the early days of television so i think uh it's a it's a very very sad thing that's pretty much it <laughs> but i uh, you know i hope it doesn't i hope some other network picks it up or something like they're planning so. yeah i mean i think you know i think a lot of us feel that way um because, again, you're talking about decades versus years here in terms of viewership and that attachment that you get to that particular genre, whether it's Guiding Light, As the World Turns, what have you. I mean, I'll admit, you know, Guiding Light is the one that is my must-see TV. Um, occasionally I might catch All My Children or One Life to Live um, on SoapNet. Well, I hear Guiding Light has been really, really good lately, and so that's uh, a. Oh, it has. Oh yeah, it has. Yeah, good thing. And 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 you know, in in looking at the history, a friend of mine um, said this to me, and it it said that in in 72 years, this show has bonded generations together: grandmothers, mothers, daughters, and granddaughters, sons and grandsons all watching together, and in times like this, with when you look at what's happening with our economy and all of those things, and I'm sorry, one of you said that you're from the Pittsburgh area, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, three police officers just getting gunned down in this yeah, area yeah. weekend. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, when I was... Um, These are one know, of those that needs to be preserved. In the early... In the early times, you know, a few years back when I was first starting in this business, I did some PA work on different shows and stuff, and and um, uh, I was one of the shows was a, was a soap um, that I was actually a, a, a fan of as well, and um, and uh, even though you know one of the things you know I didn't work on the show all the time, but and I had watched it for years before I actually. Um, uh, you know, before I actually worked on it, but when I when I was uh, when I would uh, when I would uh, have a rough day, you know, I would turn on my well. I, at the time, there was no Devo or whatever. You know, I just I would tape it and set my VCR and I would tape it and I would watch it, and it was kind of it took me to another world, no pun intended, and uh, <laughs> and so and so it was it's something that was uh, was. Uh, was you know I'm sure lots of people go through you know it kind of takes you to to you know to another world the show happened to be another world and and I I understood why it was called that you know and so when the show was canceled it was it was very sad for me um, and I think uh, and I'm sure Guiding Light fans around the world are are feeling the same thing um, yeah it's yeah. it's it's like it's almost like we're we're going through that mourning process at the moment for you know the characters um for me 
you know, it, the other side of it is, and, and Candace knows this as well, when you know the actors, when, you, when you've sat with them and you've talked to them and you know that they are real people with real feelings, um, Absolutely. you feel for yeah, them. That's, that's, that's a sad thing, too. You know, you, you know, when you have friends in the business and, and one of the shows goes off, it's always sad. But the good thing with the soap world is, you know, they, they like to recycle their actors. And so, fortunately, a lot of them get to, you know, they move on to other shows. Of course, it's not the same for, uh, for the fans because the fans want to see them playing the characters that they've watched for many years. But, Oh yeah, it's your morning character. Yeah, so it's I think it it, it you know it it depends. If if it's hard for an actor to get to get a job on another show or somewhere else, then of course it's very difficult for them. But uh, but you know most of the time when the character is very very popular on a show, you know one of the other shows picks them up and and you know they just kind of continue on with their careers and. Well, has anybody heard if any, like when Another World was canceled, the Jake character went over to As the World Turns, has anybody heard if any of the Guiding Light characters are going to go over to As the World Turns? They were speculating that in the beginning. I remember reading about that. Yeah, there was one rumor that I saw that popped up on um, one of the websites, and I can confirm it. I can confirm at least from... um, what I know from talking to Ron, because he was one of the ones that was involved in this rumor, that they were not contacted and asked to go to As the World Turns, and the two happened to be Kim Zimmer and Ron Raines. Um, yeah, I'm, that sure, was I'm sure PG will probably have you know do something as they did with Another World on As the World Turns. I'm sure they'll do it with uh, with Guiding Light. I uh, I um, and most likely it'll be Kim Zimmer and and some of the other ones, but uh, but I guess the the whole thing is hoping that Lifetime picks it up right now, right? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, cross your fingers. So seriously, keep the energy there for for the for the yeah. cast and crew over at the show, and of course the fans. Of course, and plus something else is that Dirty Light has taped for so many years in New York City, and as an actor who would love to work on a soap opera especially an NYC soap, it sucks to see that it is an NYC soap that is getting the axe. I, I can't believe how many soaps in the 80s were filmed in New York City as well as Another World in the 90s. It's just, it, it, it sort of, it really sucks because it has so much history with the Big Apple. Yeah. Well, that's 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 something that, that means something to me, especially being a New Yorker myself. I live out in L.A., but I, I'm a very, very proud New Yorker. And if I could make every film in New York, I would, you know. But you know, this is where <laughs> everyone is, and, and I think, I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, that that's, uh, that, you know, for me, uh, you know, I think it affects more people in the industry than it does fans because I don't think they realize the difference. I mean, Port Charles takes place in New York; it's really shot in California, you know. Okay. But I think, I think. I think um, the General Hospital, rather, Port Charles is supposed to be New York. The um, yeah, that's hard. That's hard for people in the industry, especially people who are native New Yorkers who love New York, um, um, because it, we hate to see anything that's shot in New York, whether it's a soap opera or a, or, or a sitcom or a primetime show, um, axed if it's an East Coast show, because uh, you want to keep the you know the the, the East Coast uh, you know. Shows around, you know. It's, it's. I mean, that's. Whenever I hear of a show being, you know, 
relocated to New York or a new show starting in New York, it, that makes me very excited even though I'm living out in L.A. because I just I wish there was more happening in New York, especially for you know, aspiring actors or, or you know, actors who live in New York and, and would like to pursue a career there. Yeah, that was like my dream job. Like, I always wanted to be an actress on soaps. I, I still to this day remember my little essay that I wrote in middle school. That it was, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an actress that works at theaters that won't go on light. I mean, I, I had spent, I think, and I think Matt and Novell knows this, you know, um, when they had uh, Lawrence St. Victor, who plays Remy on, we were on phone, we were name dropping, and I was sending my photos to, you know, kind of like casting in hopes of, you know, being, you know, Alan Spalding, you know, and legitimate child with Felicia, because um, that's the, that's how it is at the lunch, and everybody well, knows the story about that, that. But it's just, you know, it's kind of like on on that part, it's like that, you know, that dream of being on Gown Light, being in the opening, you know, you know, smiling oh. or looking all dramatic, and you know, oh, it, know. It, it's, yeah. it's kind of like it's. You know, I'm really hoping that the show continues, but that's see, I'm getting emotional. Um, but then it's that 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 part. You know, it's like that little girl who wrote that essay. It's like, you know, that it, it might not happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm glad that I've met the cast. I'm glad I've been on the side that I actually went to New Jersey, PPAC, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And you know, found the location spots and stuff, but it's just you know now that we're now that it's really sinking in. No, it's like, I know, I know. Well, <laughs> well, know, I got to tell you, I, I, I want to tell you a funny story. Um, and I hate to, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I came onto the show and like everyone's talking to me, and I feel <laughs> very awkward. Like I stole, I didn't, I, you know, I, you guys want to talk to each other, and I, and I'll leave, I'll leave you guys alone. But I just want to say something. A funny story happened to me when I was. Uh, I was living in Levittown. I was Levittown, Pennsylvania, and I was maybe 10 years old, 12 years old, you know. And uh, James DePaiva um, was doing a guest appearance at a uh, at a um, some mall that was out there. And I went out there, and I was I was super excited because you know, as a kid, I you know, I, my mom used to watch all my children. My my babysitter watched Santa Barbara, you know. And so soaps were something that that I grew up watching, and. Um, and so I knew everybody, well, not everyone, but I knew the shows that my family watched, and One Life to Live was another one. And so I was very excited, 10, 10 12 years old. I, was, I, I went to the mall, and I remember, you know, I was a big fan of Gabrielle and Max, and my mom actually looked a little like Gabrielle, <laughs> uh, Fiona Hutchison. And so, you know, I, when I, so, yeah, so when I went to, uh, when, I, when I met with James DePaiva, you know, I was just some little twelve-year-old kid, and and I and I had a picture of my mom, I think, you know, and I said to him, you know, here's, you know, here's, you know, at the time Fiona Hutchison was off the show. I didn't, I, I really, I guess I really didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what, you know, she was working on. I think she was working on Guiding Light at the time, actually. But um, so I said to, uh, I said to James, I said, you know, here's a picture. You know, who do I have to talk to to get my mom on the show? You know. <laughs> And so he's like, "Oh, talk to my publicist." You know, <laughs> I was so ignorant at the time, but I, but I, but I was so like, I just wanted to be involved in the soap world. And little by little, I kind of met people, and I did networking, and I was, I did, I produced my own stuff, and I produced a TV pilot called Waterfront, and the, almost the entire cast was all soap, were all soap actors, and and then I directed Manhattan Nights with you know other soap actors, and. I did some. I did a couple episodes on General Hospital, and so little by little, I just kind of worked my way into the soap world, and 
and now I know everybody in, in the soap world, and it's it's just you know it's a job. But but I think I think uh, if you have a dream, then you should just go for it because it it will happen, you know. And uh, and guiding light, if it does, if it is canceled, we're you know we just you know hope that it doesn't and keep energy, uh, positive energy that some other network picks it up or CBS changes their mind or whatever the case is. Um, whatever one way or another, you will. You, if you believe that you will, then you will. You know, you just have to kind of follow your dreams and don't, don't ever put limitations on yourself. Right. Yeah. Pretty positive I mean, work. I know. I know. Just you know, all of this that I'm doing right now. I mean, if someone would have asked me five years ago if I would be running Alan Spaulding, you know, Ron Rain's website, <laughs> I, I would have thought that they were crazy. And, you know, Guiding Light has given me so many opportunities now where, you know, here I am talking to you guys, which was certainly something that was totally unexpected when Navelle contacted me this week. But I have met so many wonderful people because of Guiding Light. Um, you know, and, and some of them I see are out there on that chat board right now. But, you know, I remember when... when my friend Janice from Atlanta first said to me, how about coming up to New York City to the fan gathering? It's your chance to meet the actors. And at first I, I kind of laughed and I, and I passed it off. And she kept you know, saying, no, come on, I'm serious. You've got to come. You've got to come. And so I went. And the remarkable thing was, and Candace, you've been there, yeah. all of these people from all over the, the place who don't know one another, gather there and are suddenly like a big family. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and I, know, I and, know exactly what you're saying. And, it, and it's, it's, it's overwhelming. And, and here, you know, I'm doing something that I certainly enjoy doing. I, I love the, the fact that, you know, not only am I doing that website for Ron and helping Beth Chamberlain with hers, but I also get to talk to people like Candace, like Dana, like Wendy, uh, Mark, and all of these people that I'm, that I'm seeing out there on that board tonight, um, and the bond that we share because of the show. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, 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 going, and, and my point was is that fact that you said, you know, don't be afraid to dream, don't be af afraid to go after things, and that's certainly how I feel about all of the things that I've been able to do the past three or four years with the actors and with the boards and with this Keep the Light Shining campaign. It's, it's being with people who share that common bond and being willing to take a chance, being willing to say, yeah, I can, I can, I can create a website, I can create a blog, and not being afraid to go out on a limb sometimes like this campaign of trying to save a show. I certainly have never done anything like this before in terms of saving a show. Well, let me ask you guys, since we do have everybody, we have a, a big group of people on the air, and hopefully this actually, this show does find its way to CBS, which I'm pretty sure it might. What do you guys want to say in, in your words to save Betty Mike? Uh, Tracy, you pretty much almost summed it up there, but you can, you can, you know, if you want to say something else as well. Um, what do you want to say to CBS about canceling Guiding Light? Last word. Good word. 
You want me to go first? Doesn't matter. Y'all can go whenever Who, you want. Whoever <laughs> can jump in first, go ahead. I'm going to jump in. Jump. Right, so go. <laughs> go ahead, Tracy. Okay. You go first. You go. Um, I think that they made a huge mistake in canceling the show because the fan base is still out there. It's a passionate fan base. That demographic, that almighty demographic, isn't the be-all and end-all. Um, as a person who works with young people, I can tell you right now, young people don't watch television the same way that you and I watch television. If they watch television at all, they're tuning in on the Internet they're, because they're so focused on that medium right now. They don't watch television like we do. And you're hurting so many people that have made a connection. You're hurting a genre, and you're ignoring the people who do spend money. I, I still don't believe that that demographic is the demographic that spends the most money. And I think, you know, that's the bottom line here. They're, they're going after an audience that doesn't watch television the same way that you and I watch television. It's a different world. We've evolved. But the Nielsen's haven't necessarily evolved the way the medium has evolved. Wow. Anybody I'll else? Next. Jump in, guys. I guess I'll go next. Um, to CBS, Gamay is not a television show. It's a legacy. And pretty much you killed it. You killed a legacy. You killed an American icon. You pretty much just said, screw it. And you think that replacing a show that has been on for so many years through generations and generations who have brought people from Israel um, to California to New York. If you think a game show, a reality show, is going to be able to heal all wounds, I'm sorry. It, you made the biggest mistake. And that's pretty much all i got to say. You killed yeah, the I, I, can I Can I say one thing, and then I, and then I have to go off, and, um, but, I, but um, I, I just would like to say one thing quickly. Um, uh, my thoughts on it, um, you know, Guiding Light, uh, if CBS is listening, Guiding Light is not um, not Passions. It's not Port Charles. It's not Sunset Beach. You know, it's not, it's it's something that was part of, uh, historically part of television for 70-something years. And uh, give it the respect that it, that it, that it, that it, that it deserves. And that's what I would like to say. And anyway, to, uh, to Guiding Light fans, you know, you, you guys are, are, are really what, what, what uh, and, and to all soap fans, you know, you guys are really what keep these, you know, soaps on the air. And whether it's respected the way it should be respected in, in, in the entertainment business or not, it's, it's you guys who are actually, who are actually keeping, keeping the soaps alive. So good, good, good job. And, uh, and uh, thank you guys. Um, Buzzworthy Radio, I, I'd love to come on another time and talk, you know, talk about other things. But uh, I just wanted to stop in and say, you know, say hello and show my respect for Guiding Light and, uh, and the fans. Absolutely. Very cool. Thanks so much, Greg. Okay. I'll talk uh, to you guys later. And can keep it going, guys. Fight. You know, they had something called Seesaw during the Another World days, a committee to save another world, and it didn't work. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a new time. We have Obama as president, so <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. That's true. And, uh, That's true. And, and if you guys keep fighting, you'll, you, you know, you, you may be able to save guiding light. So I'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Take care now. Wow. I guess I will go unless Greg wants to jump in before I go. 
Yeah, I just, I just want to say because I've been listening to a lot of the comments. Part of me feels like a part of Cincinnati has died because I remember when all those executives from P and G used to go back and forth between Cincinnati and New York, you know, to check on that show. I mean, I remember guys like Alan Potter and Ed Track and Robert Short and, you know, all these behind-the-scenes people, you know, who really cared about that show and really put their life into that show. And I just feel like when CBS canceled it, it's just like a part of me died with it. You know, because those, you know, people don't realize what an effect the soaps that the P&G soaps had on this town and, like, you know, I can remember when you could tune in the local talk shows, and there was, you know, everybody from, like, Mike Zaslow and Don Stewart to Melinda Fee, you know, coming down from New York telling you the latest on what was happening on Guiding Light, or you'd have stars from another world or As the World Turns doing the same thing. I mean, an era, you know, a part of life that I was privileged enough to see of the entertainment business you know, is dead and buried, and it's never coming back. Well, you know, and, and I, you know, and I sure hope that CBS has really thought about what they're doing here because once they've, you know, if Guiding Light is gone, there's no way of turning back the clock. You know, I, I just feel like with CBS canceling Guiding Light, within the next two years, NBC's got to make a decision about Days of Our Lives, and ABC has got to decide which one of their soaps they want to get rid of. It's it's not going to be a pretty picture. And I just think it's a very sad day. Definitely. Navelle, you said you say your piece. Well, I pretty much emphasize on everything that Gregorzik just said. Everything right now is a domino effect when it comes to canceling this one soap opera that has been a part of CBS before Pearl Harbor. I mean, come on. You are getting rid of a show that has brought together so many people, that has brought so many stars that we know to this day and age to the forefront. Now, I mean, you've introduced us to Kevin Bacon, Calista Flockhart, Ian, Ian Ziering. I mean, who else has been on this show that we pretty much... James Earl expect- Jones, Billy D. Williams... Ruby D was on this show. I mean, I mean, this is just this is something that pretty much was like a stepping stone for actors coming into this business. And then you really are underestimating the fans that are watching this show. I mean, check the fan response. Check the keep the light shining campaign that's going on right now. I mean, you really don't have any idea what you're doing. I mean, Barbara Bloom was this close to getting ousted this close to getting ousted as the president of CBS daytime programming? You were this close because you do not know what the hell you're doing? I mean, you're so wrapped up in your ass because you really want to fight with this CBS ABC campaign crap that's really not anybody's uh, business. We don't care. We really don't care that you're fighting to try to get ABC stars to come onto the network. We really don't care that ABC is trying to fight to get CBS people on their network. That's not what we want. That's not what we care about. What we care about is what's on the network right now and Guiding Light's that main issue. I was lucky enough to start watching Guiding Light when I was five years old. That was in 1990. And being a five-year-old kid, I really did not understand what was going on. I was more in tune with the opening sequence of the show before Hold On to Love hit. 
I was I was the mind guiding life theme song whore. And then when I started getting invested into the storyline and knowing what was going on, I fell in love with the show. And you're taking away something that pretty much more fans than I, obviously, who have watched longer and probably more uh, longer before I was even thought of to be right. in creation out of my, in my mom's womb. You know, you're taking away something that people have been investing in in so long and you're really, you're alienating your fan base. You're really alienating well, your fan base. And you yeah. just, you really have no idea what you're doing to your fan base. I mean, once you get, if you decide to fully get rid of Guiding Light, what's to say that you, like I said earlier, what's to say that you're not going to lose fans of The Young and the Restless? of the bold and beautiful, and that as the world turns, you're really going to lose viewership. And it, it just seems like it's just a downward spiral to the death of daytime just because of this one show. That's how I feel about it. You really are killing daytime with just this one show by getting rid of it. And I do, my, my message to CBS is, CBS, I really do wish you could see this chat room that we have going on right now because there are so many dedicated fans, just like there have been, for so many years, we have people who have been who have said that they, they have watched the show for let's see, we have 42 years, 29 years, 36 years, 46 years, 35 years. The list goes on and on. But what I the message I really hope that you get out of this is that you can possibly be the you can save daytime by saving guiding light because guiding light pretty much jump-started CBS and its history, and everything that you guys have preserved has been with Guiding Light. It has started, daytime has started with Guiding Light, and it cannot end with Guiding Light getting canceled. So save it. Save the light, and be a hero for once. Save daytime. Another I'm thing a- I want to point, uh, another thing I want to point out too, and that was that was some message, man. I like that a lot. Another thing I want to point out too is that don't think for the fans that who watch Guiding Light for so many years, and the fans who are participating in the Keep the Light Shining campaign, signing the petitions, and everything else, don't think that you can't not I'm using a double negative because that fits. Don't think that you can't not make a difference. I mean. Fans can make a difference in this show, John. I mean, look at what happened with Another World when they wanted to fire Anna Stewart as Donna Love. The fans actually came out and saved her from getting fired on Another World when Jill Farron Phelps wanted to kill her character off. But they put a stop to that. They were able to keep her alive on the show until its very last day. Don't think that you can't not save Guiding Light from getting canceled off the television whether or not it is off of CBS, but it can be salvaged and can go on to another network. Don't think that you can. Don't think that you can't not let it die, because you, you can prevent it from dying. You can keep it here for however how many more years that is going to be on the face of this planet. Just get in, just keep harping at it, because people will notice it. They will look at it. Keep writing and keep supporting the show. That's all you got to keep doing. Just keep writing, keep keep calling, the comment lines, all of it, saying your piece about how you feel about the fact that this is going off the air. Let them know how you feel. 
cuss if you don't don't really uh, the thing with this is don't really cuss so much because they really might not listen to that <laughs> but you can be but you can be strong with your response where you don't have to worry about using the first word but just keep writing and keep showing your support you know and tell your friends tell your family members tell everybody who will listen because you know there there are lots of people out there who are fans that you don't even know and it's all interconnecting you know just keep Keep going at it and show your support. And that's the best thing that you can do in this point in time. I wish that CBS could come to the Gown Light Weekends because, and Tracy can, can testify to this. Tracy, how many people do you think is actually at the luncheon? Like probably, well, like, over, over 200? Well, well, last year there weren't quite 500. The year of the 70th anniversary, I know that there were 500. And that's just at the the main gathering but there are people who don't necessarily go to the main gathering but go to some of the other activities. So you've got a large contingent of fans that, that head up to New York City for that event. I, and, I and, mean, I'm, and we could be broke. I can tell you this. Last year I was broke going yep. up. I wanted to show my support. I wanted to be there. There's people who I, I met one girl. She was from, actually she was from Australia. And it was her first time actually going to Gone Light Weekend. She never been, but she was so excited because her mom used to watch the show, her dad watched the show. She was so excited. She got all excited. I mean, she was just so excited. And to see a fan, I mean, CBS, you guys don't understand when 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 you see fans with with all the worries in the world that's going on now, wars, you know, the economy. You for that weekend is free. You laugh, you joke, you drink, you get drunk. Oh, you know, you have a good time, and that's what CBS, and that's what Gunlight is also about: having a good time. You know, get away from that real life stuff. Yeah, I mean, my 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 boss told me she said I like when you go up there because when you come back, you're in a much better mood for quite a long time, and and. I mean, we joke about that, but it's true. There was a gal there this year from Trinidad. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I forgot her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she was she was from Trinidad, and like I said, then there was there was Vera, who has been a fan since it was on radio. Yes. Yeah. And, and so you see people of all walks of life, from all generations, from all demographic groups. Um, even newborn babies went to one event, and they said yep. they want their newborn children to grow up knowing about this show. I joked around and said, I want my grandkids to know about the show and watch mm-hmm. the show. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know. Well, guys, I, I do have to say, um, just like hopefully the time, you know, which is just an ever factor in everything that we do, the time has come to say good night. It has been such an amazing night. I want to thank all the callers, all the people in the chat room. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody who came out, thank you so much. Uh, Gregor Zick, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, Gregory Gregor, James Martin, and, uh, Marlena Delacroix, and uh, Candace, and Tracy, and yeah. Tony. I, and there are so many more callers that are on this line right now that we haven't even picked up. And I just want to thank you for even having 
the gumption to even call in here, even though I didn't even get a chance to you. I'm so sorry, but you are calling in and you are showing your support for the show. I just want to thank you so much for even giving the opportunity to even give us. A, a I will say, call actually, in. you know, thank I, you for having me, Novell. <laughs> Thanks for You're having welcome. me to you guys. And no Tracy, problem. I will definitely be seeing you. Soon. Definitely, definitely. A lot of people want to know if we can get you know get this this particular show out here to to the mass, you know, and especially CBS. And there will be a linkage that'll be put up on the the website of BuzzworthyRadio.net that you can just just basically just forward on to any and everybody. It it will be out probably before the ninth out, probably within the next half hour. Um, so definitely check the website for that um, because. This definitely was a show that brought a lot of people together, and just hopefully it'll bring more people together to keep Guiding Light on the air. So that's my two cents with that. I'm going to edit edit that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Navelle, as I always ask, when are we on next? When can all the diehard Buzzworthians, just like the diehard Guiding Light watchers, when can they catch us next? Well, we are going to be on again on Friday with Aiden Turner from All My Children plays the role of Aiden Devane on the show. That's at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so we are going to be on there for, for that. Um, but I will say that we are in the works for continuing our part two of the Cast of Friends series on the show. Our next one that we're supposed to have on is Kirk Acevedo. Um, we are going to um, set up something for him. But... Until I find that out, I will let you know, but we are definitely on Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time with Aiden Turner. So we're going to end it there. I want to thank everybody who stopped in on the show tonight, and I want to thank everybody who stopped in on, in the chat room. Thank you so much for coming out. This was a great cause, and we definitely should do this again. And, Tracy, before we, before we head out here, um, where can people go ahead and sign the petitions and join the Keep the Light Shining campaign app? Okay, I have a, I have a blog set up and it's called saveourlight.blogspot.com. Saveourlight.blogspot.com. Check it out, okay. people. Mm-hmm. Seriously. And as we always say, get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio. Thank you guys for listening. Take care now. Bye bye. Take care. You. Bye. Bye bye. Log on now to www.buzzworthyradio.net to get the latest news on upcoming guests, past shows, and videos of all your favorite stars. Keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy.